So who here enjoys giving and receiving presents at Christmas? It's not a rhetorical question. Yeah? There are some people who haven't put their hands up. Have you ever received a present that you didn't really want? You can put your hand up again. I guess we've all had presents that uh, weren't really us. So for me, I've had a few over the years, and they range from a remote-controlled plastic rat with flashing eyes to uh, inappropriate undergarments from my comedian brother-in-law. And that was particularly embarrassing when my in-laws and I opened the present. I, I won't go into it, but if you want to know afterwards, I can give you the gory details. Perhaps the most unwanted present, or the most epic unwanted present, was from my sister Judy. I've got a family of comedians and her husband Mike. It was some time ago when vinyl records were around. Who remembers vinyl records? Apparently they're trendy again. I'd asked for a Rolling Stones album. I know, they're old now. And it came to Christmas Day, and we were all opening our presents. And there was a present for me, a record-shaped present. I thought, great. I opened it up, and to my dismay, there was a terrible-looking album. 24 roller disco hits (laughs) from my sister and brother-in-law. Oh, I said... Great, thank you very much. That's fantastic. I'm sure I'm going to enjoy that. My brother-in-law, they lived in a place called Whitney in Oxfordshire, and he said, well, there are not very many good shops, Richard, and that's the best we could find. (laughs) I thought, well, I'm sure I could play it at a party, but it looked absolutely terrible. About an hour later, Judy said, here's your present, (laughs) and handed me another present, which was the Rolling Stones album I desired. They'd done it as a joke. Uh, but apparently I'd really disappointed them because I'd looked suitably grateful. (laughs) So Christmas is a time for giving presents, and this tradition is said to be symbolic of the Magi, or wise men bringing gifts to the baby Jesus. It goes back as far as Roman times, when Christianity became widespread throughout the Roman Empire. In fact, it started off as a, as a pagan tradition, but as, as Rome sort of conquered the place and they became Christians, it was overtaken by, as a Christian tradition. Of course, Christmas is also time to reflect um, what it's all about, the arrival of Jesus Christ in the world, God's greatest gift to us. Today, we've sung some favorite carols and heard some very familiar readings from the book of Isaiah where Jesus' arrival was actually prophesied some 500 to 700 years uh, before his birth. And for those familiar with Handel's Messiah, you'll probably already have the tune to Isaiah 9-6 in your head. Uh, I said to my wife, Laura, perhaps I should sing it. She said, no, please don't. For unto us a child is born, unto us a a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulder, and his name shall be Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, is he. Who can hear Handel's Messiah in that? Oh, you're a very educated bunch. So why is Jesus such a gift? Well, he was sent to demonstrate God's love to humankind. He gave us a radical way of looking at life and being in the world. Most people would regard Jesus as a very good man. A lot of people who would not profess the Christian faith recognized Jesus as an extraordinary person with a great set of values. But Jesus was more than that. He was God amongst us. He shows what God is like, and his gift to us is eternal life if we follow him. Now, 40-odd years ago, 
particularly when I was a student, you would have not put any money on me standing with a collar like this, an Anglican priest today. I grew up in church, uh, I grew up in a Baptist church, and Sunday was purgatory. Put church in the morning, Bible class in the afternoon, and church in the evening. And sometimes my parents had the gall to make a walk to all three. In my teens, I absolutely rejected Christianity and church. And I got into some fairly difficult things, uh, substance abuse, um, quite extensive substance abuse, one of which could have cost me my life. And I vowed I would never darken a door of a church ever, ever again, and particularly those of that particular domination. But my degree was from a Marxist perspective. I was always on demos. I was always doing radical things, a bit like the young ones probably. (laughs) And I wrote an essay agreeing with Marx's view that religion was the opium of the people. I wrote that and I absolutely agreed with it. After my degree, slight change of perspective, I joined the accountancy profession. Yes, don't ask why, I couldn't find a job in anything else. But there I encountered a guy, a Malaysian Chinese guy called Chai Ting, who was my senior at a firm of accountants that we worked for. And he and I were on audit in Liverpool back in 1984. And on the first night in the Chinese restaurant, I'd had about five pints by then, and he said, I'm a Christian. I said, I know you are. Spot you a mile off. Yawn. He said, do you want to hear how I became a Christian? I said, no, not at all. That's the last thing I want to hear from you, mate. He said, I'm going to tell you anyway. <laughs> so he told me about his life. He was, used to run around in a gang in Malaysia with a meat cleaver. And basically, he was heading towards jail. That was his trajectory. And um, he was really lost. He was thrown out of five schools. And somehow, and it's a long story, but he had a Christian friend who invited him to go to a a different school, and he went to that school. And as a result, he became a Christian. And actually, that week, he qualified as a chartered accountant. (laughs) Wow, I thought that was quite incredible. Because a lot of the Christians I'd met, especially when I grew up with, I had no time for. But here was a guy whose life was radically transformed, amazingly transformed. Anyway, he didn't let off these Christians. They're a real pain, aren't they? So we're, we're in the Adelphi Hotel. And I'd, by that time, I probably had six pints. And um, he said, do you want to read my Bible? I said, no, go away, please. Anyway, I got into the hotel. I was drunk. And I sat on the bed and I opened a drawer. And in there was a Gideon Bible. Anybody got given a Gideon Bible? They probably don't do it anymore. But in, when, you were, when you were young, they give you a Gideon Bible at school. And I read this Bible. And spoiler alert, I went to the end. I went to Revelation. I looked at Revelation. I thought, whoa, if this is going down, you don't want to be on the wrong side. Anyway, that week we spent the time talking about Christianity. And I really liked Chai. He was a very different guy. And he told me, actually, he'd only spoken to two of us in the firm. He he didn't tell everybody. He just told me and another wild child, a, a, a young woman. Anyway, that week, I wrote to my wife and said, I, I really need to change my, change my life, really, because I was a drunk, quite frankly. Uh, most weekends, I was absolutely paralytic, absolutely paralytic all weekend. I drank every single day. I'd swap one sus- substance for another. Anyway, cut a long story short, we went forward, or we went to Billy Graham, and I was quite impressed because it was Ashton Gate, and the last time I'd been to Ashton Gate before that was the Rolling Stones. Yes. 
and it was heaving, and it was brilliant. They were absolutely fantastic, and Mick Jagger ran, ran about five miles, apparently. And there we are, Billy Graham, and the place was packed. In fact, there was just as many people for Billy Graham as there was the Rolling Stones, which I thought was quite impressive. Anyway, he said a couple of things that made me smile. One was, if you leave this stadium tonight without finding Christ, you never will. And I thought, well, that's probably me. If I've either got to make a decision now, I never will. Uh, and then he said, when you go to a funeral, you don't find, you don't find one of those um, higher right trailers, you know, those sort of moving, plate, moving trailers behind you because you can't take it with, it, with you. Well, that made me smile, you know. The, the sort of prospect of you taking all your worldly goods to your grave. I thought it was quite funny. Anyway, I went forward to Billy Graham, became a Christian. The next day, my friends came round, and normally I would be drunk, and uh, they made some quips about being a Christian, and they thought... Oh, he's just having another little silly phase. He's been, he's been in Greenpeace, he's been Friends of the Earth, he's been a Marxist, and now he's doing Christianity, it'll get over it. But I never did, really. And God has radically changed my life. Absolutely, totally changed my life. Earlier, I talked about unwanted gifts. I had rejected that gift as a young person, but discovered it was still available some years later. Thank goodness. Some of you may know this very famous painting. Do, does anybody know this painting? Yes, you are quite educated. Um, this is Holman Hunt's Light of the World. It's a really, really, really famous painting. And it can be found at Keeble College, Oxford. That's where the original is. Uh, but there's also, he also did one that sits in St. Paul's Cathedral and in the Manchester Art Gallery. And it depicts Jesus standing at the door. And it's taken from a verse in Revelation. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door... I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. I really like that verse. I will come and eat with that person and they will eat with me. Isn't that a nice invitation? The thing about that door is the keys on the inside. Just some thought, eh? And of course, it's an allegory of our lives. We can choose to open that door or not. I don't know anyone who's opened that door who has who's regretted it. Everybody who's opened that door has really changed their lives and their life has become rich and fulfilled doesn't stop you getting ill doesn't stop all sorts of things going wrong but at least you have the person of Jesus by your side as has already been said St Matthew's runs an alpha course Um, it's a great course it's full of young people not like me and it's an opportunity to ask questions and explore the Christian faith and understand what opening that door might mean our next one is in January do talk to any one of us to find out more. So may I take this opportunity to wish you a very happy Christmas and a blessed new year. Thank you.